welcome to Teach the Word. Uh, today we're going to do uh, a longer video on the topic of healthy churches or um, measuring ministry health. Uh, let's start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we invite your presence um, into our hearts and our minds. We ask that you would bring your word to life, to bear on our conscience, on our hearts, and that it would convict us um, and change us. We surrender this time to you. Uh, ask for your help in sharing your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So mainly, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 3 and 4. That's basically the main text. And we'll we'll bounce around hither and thither. So um, maybe we'll start in 4 and then back up to 3. Um, Paul is talking to the Corinthians. This is kind of like an aside in the letter. At least I, I'm viewing it that way. About stewardship, um, some kind of an argument about you know who's who has the right authority and and whatnot. And if you got the first verse of four, he's talking to the Corinthians about how he he thinks the Corinthians ought to view him. Let a man so First Corinthians four one. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. So let's just pause. Uh, this passage in Corinthians is, is about stewardship, really. Stewarding uh, the church of God. And I think that that is very cl closely connected with the health of a church. So, so ministry leaders... Um, Church leaders are stewards in the household of God. They're stewarding um, his body. And if they are faithful in their stewardship, the church is going to be a healthy church. If they are found unfaithful, um, they're going to be destroying the body of Christ. It's going to be an unhealthy church. And that's the kind of things Paul's talking about in, in both of these chapters. Um, so... M measuring the health of a church uh, has to do with measuring faithfulness of the stewards. Um, so let's go back. We're, we're in 1 Corinthians 4, read verses uh, 1 and 2. Let's read 2 again. Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. So this is very interesting, I would say even bizarre, uh, claim that Paul's making, and that's that he doesn't care how the Corinthians measure or evaluate his stewardship of, of his ministry. He doesn't care how anybody would evaluate his stewardship. He doesn't even evaluate himself. He says the one who evaluates, who judges, is the Lord. You know, the appeal is to the Lord, not to what the Corinthians think, not even to what Paul himself thinks. And it is, it, it begs a question, why? Uh, why why would you not evaluate yourself? Why wouldn't you have others evaluate yourself? And the question's kind of answered, I think, in verse 5 here. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. So there's a time where, where Christ is going to bring to light everything that's hidden. So 
there's there's hidden things and there's there's heart matters that you just can't see um and when you're looking our humans humans are looking and and they're they're judging they miss them but the lord doesn't so i don't think paul's really arguing so much in fact i'm going to show you why i'm I'm convinced paul's not arguing that you don't evaluate others don't evaluate yourself what paul's arguing is Take your evaluation with a grain of salt. Note that you're going to miss the hidden things that only the Lord can see. And you're going to, you're not going to be able to see the hard issues that only the Lord can see. But by all means, still, uh, evaluate. Um, if you were to look, just, let's just flip forward in this letter. Why, why I say that, uh, when Paul's talking about communion, he, he, uh, in, uh, 11, I think, uh, in verse 28. So we're in first Corinthians 11, 28 now. He says, um, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Uh, for he who eats and drinks unworthy manner, in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For, verse 31 and 32 are the key here. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Now, there he's even encouraging people to evaluate themselves so that they don't fall under the condemnation of the Lord on the on the day that's coming, which he mentioned in verse 5. Therefore, no, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. 4, 5. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Um, so, just just kind of pointing that out, that uh, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not, not to evaluate, but that human evaluation is going to miss a lot. And, and that's important to keep in mind. And what kind of things is, is the human evaluation going to miss? Well, if we were to back up, let's go back to chapter 3, early on in chapter 3. One of the things he's going to miss is pride. Uh, Paul starts talking about pride here. He says, um, let's see, uh, how about we start verse 5 maybe. Who then is Paul? So verses 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed. As the Lord gave to each one, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase, so that neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. For now, he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So I'm just going to pick up my daughter. She's she's woke up. So what's going on? In that passage there, is that um, you have the the laborers, the stewards in the household of God, Paul, Apollos, even at the end of the chapter he mentions Peter uh, as Cephas. They're doing uh, some aspect of a work. They're planting, they're watering, so they're laboring, and they're required to give an account for their labor, but they're not bringing the increase. The the increase, or the the work of the growth of the church, the growth of the crop. The church here is is, an, is analogous to a to a field, farmer's field, is God, and um, he he alone is to receive the glory for the growth of the church. And really, the 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 metric, the measurement of of the faithfulness of Paul or Apollos or Peter is not the growth of the church. That's that's a metric that belongs to, to God, to measuring God's work through Paul and Peter. The metric of the faithfulness of Paul and Peter is their watering, their planting. 
Um, and and if you looked, so that was six and seven is kind of talking about that. And then eight, which I also read, is talking about this is First Corinthians three eight. It's talking about um, the 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 day. There's a day coming on which God will evaluate Peter, Paul, Apollos, every minister in the church of God. What, let's read it again. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So you're going to be evaluated uh, by the Lord on this day that's coming. Um, if, you, if you read on, uh, verse 9, For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. So now he switches from farming to construction analogy. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day, this is that, that reference, we keep coming up to this time when Christ returns, when there's going to be the, the evaluating, the judging, the measuring of the stewards and their faithfulness or lack thereof. So for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. As so as through fire. So there's, we're going with the, the analogy here is, is a building and what, what tests, uh, the, the work, the construction work on a building, like uh, some sort of a disaster that, that uh, what, how well was it built? Well, a fire here uh, is what's being talked about. And, and what will stand after the fire? Well, not poor construction, only good, solid construction. And you can see uh, Paul's concern here is for the ministers of the gospel not ministering faithfully. So, so the stewards who have a trust to water, to plant or here to construct with with uh, good solid materials. Paul's concern is that they're not going to be faithful in their work. They're not going to plant the right kind of seed, or they're not going to construct with the right kind of materials, or they're not, or they're going to fail to water. And um, and there's a certain uh, horror to this for on on both ends for this for the for ministry leaders in the church. There's a horror of if you mess with the church of God, uh, God is gonna, God is gonna evaluate you one day. There's gonna be this day of judgment, and you're gonna have to give an account. So that's a, that's a horror uh, for you. But then there's a horror for for those who are um, not say ministry leaders, but are who are interacting with the church. If you end up in a in a ministry in a church where uh, there's unfaithful stewards, you're gonna be harmed. You're gonna be hurt. Uh, you're going to be in an unsafe building. You're going to be in a field that's dry and withering and and and, uh, and parched. Uh, so, so this is why the question of what's what's a healthy church, what's a healthy ministry, how do we evaluate what's healthy, and and I think that that's what Paul's doing here. He's trying to make an argument that he is a as a apostle of Jesus Christ, as a steward, has been acting faithfully. To the, he's arguing this to the Corinthians, um, and that even though they may not think so, uh, it's kind of what's going on. In the, I, I would say in these letters. Um, so what happens? Um, what's the consequence 
for unhealthy church or un, unfaithful stewards of the gospel. So that's what, that's what we see in verses 16 and 17. Do you not know that you, this is you plural, the Corinthian church, are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone, that's anyone like Paul or Apollos or Peter, defiles the temple of God, or you could also translate that, destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So that's serious. The, for, the, for the unfaithful steward, unfaithful leader in the church who, who destroys the church, God is saying, or Paul is saying, God will destroy you. So, so if you're a, a, a pastor or a leader of, of, of a ministry, you're going to want, uh, it stands to reason, to have a way of evaluating your stewardship uh, before that day. Um, you know, no, if you, if that's, um, if we go back into, into four, you saw Paul saying, I don't evaluate myself, but what he's saying is, I'm not, I'm not going to puff myself up with pride. He's not saying, I'm not going to consider what's going on. In fact, when Paul considers, uh, in other passages in the New Testament, when he considers, you know, leaving this earth and going to be with the Lord, he does evaluate his work, um, because that's the logical, uh, natural thing to do when you're considering a judgment that's coming. Like uh, Second Timothy, he's he's actually in prison. He's, he's about he knows he's going to get executed, and uh, he's talking to Timothy. Second uh, Timothy four, verse six. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. Not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So he's evaluating his faithfulness to, to stewarding the, uh, the ministry, the church, and, and he's, he's giving himself a, a good evaluation. Uh, if, if he saw error, he would want to correct it because he knows God is going to judge. Uh, you see a similar kind of thing in uh, Ephesians, or not, I mean, I mean Philippians 3. Philippians 3, he's, he's also in prison. He doesn't know that he's going to get released in Philippians. He, he's he's uh, not sure what's going to happen. Um, but he, he kind of hints that he thinks he's going to keep living on. But he talks about, like, if you look, eh, let's see, 3, let's look at verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yes, indeed, I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through Christ, faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained, but I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward for those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let as many as are mature, have this mind. And if any, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. You get the idea that he's evaluating himself, uh, his performance, and he's, he's striving towards a goal, which is faithfully stewarding the church of God, which 
with the churches that he, the gospel really the churches he's planning so so I think you get the point from trying to make from from Paul's talking about stewardship that um, God requires an account and uh, if the steward if you're faithful in your stewardship you're gonna um, you're gonna you're gonna have a healthy church a healthy ministry if, it, if, if the stewards are unfaithful the church is going to be on an unhealthy place it's going to be it's going to be destroyed by its 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 stewards, um, and God is not going to be happy with it. So, how how would we then propose metrics for measuring health of of a ministry of a church? Well, um, I think that we need to look at the uh, let's say the uh, key functions of a church. What what's a church to do? Um, there's a lot the New Testament says about this. Uh, let's look at uh, Matthew 28, so the Great Commission. This is the uh, start of the church, uh, 2818. This is Jesus. The church doesn't actually start here, but this is uh, Jesus is giving the, the charter, let's say, for the church. Charter is a good word. Matthew 2818. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So what what can we measure here? Well, you can measure uh, our, our uh, ministry leaders, our, ch- our churches, going and uh, <coughs> making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. So, again, just like Paul was talking about, there's a human component and a divine component. You know, there's the planting and the watering, but God's the one who brings the increase. Well, there's a preaching of the message of the cross, but God's the one who brings salvations. There's a teaching of the word, but God's the one who brings that word to bear on the hearts of the hearers and transforms lives. Um, there's what, what we have, baptizing in the name of the Lord. That's, that's an action that can be taken, but God's the one who, who, die, in a sense, has that individual die to sin and live to him. It's a, it's a, there's a work, a human work that's measurable, and there's also a divine work that's measurable. And so what I'm trying to differentiate is, <clears throat> uh, the me- for metrics, you're not, you're not going to measure necessarily the faithfulness of the ministry leader by um, how many conversions he has. That's not, that's not a metric of his faithfulness. What's a metric of his faithfulness is, is this ministry preaching the gospel. Uh, how many conversions they have is a metric of the, the work that God is doing to bring glory to himself. It may not be in God's, God may not be, be at working through that, at that time, uh, that you're, you're, you know, in that era, in that location, uh, to bring glory to himself. How, how, let me illustrate this with a story. Um, I talked with, uh, I was talking, I don't know, this is like 10 years ago, with uh, ministry to Sri Lanka. Uh, I think it was, I believe it was Sri Lanka. You know, he'd he'd been there for years, uh, several years. Uh, I don't know if it was like a decade, I think. And uh, a lot of planting and watering, you know, no conversions. Um, And I believe that his mission board pulled him from the country because basically by their metrics, he was a failure, that his work was a failure. And then um, there was some kind of, See my, my my the facts here are so fuzzy because this was a conversation I had like in a cafe 
with a, with another missionary I was I met up with in in, uh, in Saudi Arabia and like in the middle of nowhere where he was passing through, and he he told me this story about you know effectiveness or or met he was just talking about you know because what I was our our oh oh oh. So, anyways, there was an explosion of conversions. Uh, the, the, basically, the church was born in Sri Lanka, where there was no native Sri Lankan believers. I think there was a political or natural disaster uh, after this guy had been pulled, and and God uh, sprouted a, a crop, you know, that had been planted and watered, and God brought an increase. Um, but how how was this was this missionary that was in Sri Lanka for ten years a faithful minister of the gospel a faithful steward of the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you measure by conversions, you would say no. But if you measure by the work of preaching the gospel, teaching the word, then yes. Um, so that's the point I'm trying to make. So if a church a ministry is doing the things in this charter here in the in Matthew twenty eight. 18 through 20, uh, teaching, um, the disciple making aspect, baptizing. They're may, if they're laboring in that labor, whether or not there's the, God is bringing the increase, the results of changed lives, um, they're faithful. And you should look upon that as a healthy ministry. Uh, there are other, there's many things we could turn to to look at what's the business that the church is supposed to be about in the New Testament. Um, you see, uh, in uh, Acts, when the church is first, you know, taking off, you know, like uh, it's born, we'll say, the birth of the church, the kinds of things they're doing. Um, that was a healthy, a healthy church in Acts. And so the things they'd be doing in Acts would be marks of a healthy church. So like, look at Acts 2, 42. Uh, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So what do we got here? We got uh, uh, te- more teaching, uh, the apostles' teaching. We got fellowshipping, which is hanging out, eating together, being in each other's homes, the breaking of bread, and you have prayer. So um, if if a ministry is praying, there's prayer going on. These ministry leaders, the, are these stewards of the gospel, are praying, they're engaging in prayer, they're encouraging prayer in the church. That should be a mark of a healthy church. Whether or not God's answering those prayers shouldn't be the metric. You know, how many healings there are or how many, uh, whatever, whatever the prayers are should not be, uh, the metric because that's not the business of the ministry leaders. Their, their business is simply to be faithful to the work, to stewarding the work of God and the church of God. God's business is the answering the prayer, bringing the increase. Paul plants and Paul's waters. God brings the increase from uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7, which was our main passage here. Um, what else? Uh, so, fellowshipping. Uh, there's there's a lot you could say uh, that the church, how about church is called to do? Let's go to Galatians 6. Galatians 6, uh, verse 10. Um, having trouble finding Galatians. Galatians 6. Here we are. 
Um, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So what's this, this saying? Do good to all, especially the church, but to every, everyone. All means everybody. So if, you're, if the ministry, if the church is in the business of laboring to do good to everyone, uh, we're talking, I, I believe this, this is pretty much what mercy uh, ministries would fit this capacity. Soup kitchens, uh, ministering to the poor, uh, to giving to you know those in need. This is doing good, uh, volunteering. In, uh, to help in, in the local things, in regional things, disaster relief. You know, these, these are the kind of things of doing good to all, right? If the church is laboring in these things, if the ministry leaders are promoting these things, then that would be a, that would be a metric to measure health of the ministry. Um, whether or not, uh, those, uh, acts of kindness, those good acts, result in changed lives and conversions, that's not up to the ministry leader. That's up to God. That's his business. But faithfulness in the laboring is the business of the ministry leader. So I think I think you get the idea. We, th- there's many things the New Testament would talk about as functions of the church, uh, what the church is doing, prayer, fellowshipping, break teaching, baptizing, breaking the bread. Uh, a measure of health would be the measure to which the, the ministry and its leaders are laboring to do those things. The success of those things is not, I'm arguing, is not a metric of the health of the church or the ministry. That's because that's not the, the the job of the of the ministry leader isn't for it to be successful. Their job is to be faithful in bringing what they have to offer. The success of the endeavor is God's job, growing the crop. The ministry leaders is planting and watering. Um, lastly, um, Let's just look at the uh, parable, or it's not a parable, the, the, the event of feeding the 5,000. Um, this is Jesus uh, performing uh, a miracle, and uh, the uh, job of the laborers in this is simply to uh, bring the loaves and the fishes, and Jesus performs a massive miracle. I really am taking this from uh, the uh, the chosen. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Jenkins, uh, Dallas. He he keeps saying this over and over. The, the chosen, the TV series about the life of Christ, that he believes that his job is to be faithful in bringing his loaves and his fish, which in his case is experience in the in the world of film cinematography, and God's job is to produce. A great show. He's just supposed to bring his uh, his uh, uh, five loaves and two fish, and let God multiply uh, everything. Um, I'm trying to find the uh, the passage of the feeding of the five thousand. I, I don't have it memorized, so I'm looking it up. Uh, so let's go to Matthew 14 and just look at this. Um, what's going on in this passage? We'll start in, uh, in verse 13. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great 
uh, multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place. The hour is already late. Send the multitude away. They may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We only have five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the loaves, the five loaves, the two fish. He looked up to heaven. He blessed and he broke. He gave the loaves to the disciples. The disciples gave to the multitudes. So they ate and were filled. And they took up the twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. And those who had eaten were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. You see that the gospel writers here collected metrics. They collected data uh, on two, two counts. They collected metrics and data on the disciples. What, what did the disciples do? They, they faithfully brought what? Two fish and five loaves. And then what did Jesus do? They have some data on Jesus. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and he transformed it into enough fish and loaves to feed 5,000 people. Two sets of metric, data metrics. Uh, is the feeding, is the transformation of that food to feed 5,000 a metric to, to measure the disciples of Jesus' um, ministry effectiveness? No. It's a metric to measure the greatness, the power, and the glory of God. The whole point of keeping tabs on that number, 5,000, is to declare the glory of God, that God is powerful, and he powerfully transformed this food to feed the 5,000. God is To God be the glory. That's the point of that metric. But there's another metric here in this story, recorded by Matthew, Mark, and Luke in their Gospels, and that's the two fish and the five loaves. And that's a metric of the faithfulness of the disciples to offer what they have to the Lord for him to use. That's what we're talking about with church health. You can measure uh, health of a ministry by looking at its leaders. Are they faithful stewards? As Paul's talking about faithful stewardship in 1 Corinthians 3, 3 and 4. Are they faithfully offering the things that they have? Are they offering their five loaves and two fish? Are they preaching? The gospel? Are they sharing with people about the love of Jesus? Are they offering what they have? Not the result side. The result side is a metric to be kept, but it's not a metric to measure the health of a of a of a church or the faithfulness of the of the ministry leader as a steward of, of the works of God. The the results are a metric that ought to be kept to praise and glorify God, just like Matthew Mark Luke kept it. 5,000 fed to, God, to the glory of God. Not so we can see how effective this ministry leader is. That's the pride thing that Paul's condemning in 1 Corinthians 3. So, that's basically it. Um, you can measure the effectiveness, the health, let's say, of a ministry by looking at its leaders, faithfulness as stewards. Are they faithful to do the things that the New Testament describes the church to be doing? Preaching? The gospel. Are they, are they making an attempt to share the gospel with others? Is that going on? Uh, teaching the word of God. Is the Bible being taught? Um, baptism. Baptizing people. Is that, are baptisms happening? Are they baptizing those who make professions of faith? Uh, communion. Is communion being practiced? These are ordinances. Um, mercy. Are they doing good to all men? Is fellowship going on? the breaking of the bread. Anything you can see in the New Testament as a description of the church at its healthy infancy state, um, 
are those our effort is labor being done to make sure those things are happening if labor is going on to make sure those things are happening that is a measure of health if labor isn't going on it's not a measure of health don't if if grand things are happening miracles um thousands being converted that's not a measure of the health of the church or the effectiveness of the ministry leader that's a measure of how powerful our god is and it ought to be recorded and and published and sung abroad to the glory of god not to the glory of the ministry or the ministry leader i think you get the idea i'll stop beating uh the the topic that as a is a dead horse by now so let's pray heavenly father we want to be faithful stewards of your gospel we want to be involved in healthy ministries we want to be members of healthy churches. We pray, Lord God, that you would give us wisdom and discernment as we read your word to see uh, what are the uh, metrics, uh, the, the, the things, that the business that your church is supposed to be about, you know, what you have commissioned your church to do, and that you would um, empower and enable us to uh, measure uh, are our churches, are we ourselves laboring in these things? And Lord, where we are failing to labor in those things, and where our churches are failing to labor in those things, Lord, convict our hearts Give us, motivate us to labor in these things for uh, we know that one day we will be evaluated by you. We will face an evaluation for how we stewarded the kingdom of God on earth. Um, and Lord, we pray that you would protect us, keep us safe from pride, from the trap of looking at the successes and uh, the miraculous works that you work, like feeding of the 5,000, like hundreds and thousands of people coming to know you at a crusade or something. Lord, we pray that you would protect us from uh, ascribing that to ourselves and saying, look how successful we are. Look how healthy our church is. But Lord, we would take that and we would glorify you with it. We would proclaim your greatness and your power through it. Uh, We love you, Lord. We ask that you would grow your church and make your church healthy in the world today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining. Have a good day.